questions. So deep. So deep and so wet. gentlemen we're back another week of low co's podcast wow when's the last time we heard that Los too long ago january right i think it was <sighs> january february early this year back in the day the good old days What's up, boys? How's it going, Ro? How's it going, what Aiden? What's Ro? Struggling to make sure all my uh, sounds on right still, but uh, it's good, man. Living the life out here in Florida, trying to avoid getting Corona. Florida, you're in Florida them. now. I thought you were in yeah. Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to pop out of there. Lost a race there, so. Man. Next, <laughs> next one on to Florida, baby. <laughs> kid never, Robert, kid never stops. Robert's addition to this podcast is interesting enough because he's just always popping around the country. He's, you just never know where he's gonna end up. The dirty Tucson, San Diego, <laughs> back to the dirty T, Tennessee, Florida. Yeah, but I'm safe. I'm safe in uh, Cape Coral, right next to Fort Myers. There you go. What's good? Where with the you, people, Aiden? believe it or not, are even more of assholes on the road than they are in Things California. Are Things are good over here in Cramel Valley, also known there as Carmel Valley. There you, you know, go. Just holding it down, working from home, trying not to go insane. I am going insane with this whole work from home thing, that's for sure. But uh, the one thing that is keeping me sane, Padres baseball is back, baby. And yes, sir. That is Yee-hee. absolutely why. I think we are back tonight is because, let's be real, we want to talk some baseball. The low sea host, we've been a little inactive. I think we can all agree to that. But, yeah, let's talk some baseball tonight. How about that? Let's Let's get it. Well, cool. Well, again, you know, just to kick us off, my name is Chad, at Chad Edge. We've got Hayden. We've got Robert. We are the low sea host podcast. Again, if you have not tuned in, thank you for tuning in here today. And again, we are live. Uh, it's been a second. It's been a hot minute since we've actually been able to record. Lots been going on. Again, as Hayden said, Corona lives. But uh, like we said, we're here to talk baseball, specifically San Diego Padres baseball. Um, so I think the last time we recorded was earlier this year, specifically in January of this year. It is now August. Um, we had just discussed the Tommy Fam trade. Absolutely. And, you know, for the sake of that Tommy Fam trade, um, let's just jump right into the trades of our offseason and what they have actually turned into. What? Right into the baseball. You know, a third of the way into the season now. So let's jump right into that. Let's talk about that uh, Fam Cronenworth trade. Well, I think we all know by now that Jake Cronenworth was the true prize of the deal. Tommy Pham is great and will be great for this year and next. But Cronenworth, and I will not refer to him by what Padres Twitter has crowned him as, but Jake Cronenworth 
is the crown jewel of that deal. And I will argue till my wits end that conclusion. I like that. And, you know, Cronenworth is a stud. I mean, for the sake of, I mean, just defensively, right? Let's not even talk about offensive metrics here. Defensive. You put him at first base where he has played, what, a total of three games at first base? Kids making superstar plays. And then offensively, triples machine, right? Pounding the gaps. He's got speed. He's got that, I guess, contact slash plus power. I mean, it's not necessarily power, but it's that contact plus plus i mean whatever you want to call that right it's like this plate coverage and he's already getting jeff mcneil comps uh, right it's it's unreal it's insane right but then you see you know who we gave up right for for the sake of of that right renfro margot and, and edwards right xavier edwards and i've already seen margot for one not necessarily even be on a 40 man and when he was on said roster dropping balls literally dropping balls in center field i don't miss that whatsoever no not at all and i don't miss renfro's um you know what i i think i checked last he had something like a 200 210 uh on base percentage had a nice little slugging percentage because he had hit a couple dingers and uh some extra base hits but you know it's it 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 I don't miss seeing Renfro's laggish OPS. <laughs> Absolutely. It, well, and again, I mean, not to downplay the you know the trade on on Fam's behalf, right? Fam is an athlete. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think we have seen you know the performance, right? You know, August fourteenth, right? We're about a third of the way season in. Um, you know, we just not have not necessarily. Seen it's nuts Fam to hear perform, that still. You know, in the way in which we want him to now. The dude can swing. I mean, he took uh, um, uh, uh, Urias the uh, out of the park the other day versus the Dodgers. It, you know, in the first inning, right? That that thing was a crushed right, right out of the park. Um, but again, we just haven't necessarily seen the consistency there, and I think it'll come. Fam's an athlete. He's a stud. He's an everyday player. Um, so again, I, I like. I think we all agree upon Roe. I think you can absolutely agree upon this as well. We won that trade. Fam and Cronenworth coming over for Renfro, Margot, and Xavier Edwards. Thank you, Mr. Preller. Without a doubt. Well done, Preller. All right. And well, I, think, I think real quick, one more note before we uh, end on that trade. You know, I'm not too worried about Fam's uh, you know, lack of performance, if you will, this year. I think it is a strange year, obviously, having a 60-game season. Um, you know, it, it it's one of those things where yeah, you want to you want to be able to look at the performance of some players and say yeah, you know they're playing well or we're really liking the way um, you know they're uh, you know they're swinging the bat. But at the same time, for a lot of the veteran players, it is a little bit of spring training ish feel to it. You oh, know? I mean, absolutely right. I mean, take a look at Charlie Blackman. The dude's batting five hundred. As of yesterday, right? I mean, I'm not sure what his stats were today. But Damn. as of yesterday, Charlie Blackman was batting 500. And Captain every Trash Can 
Jose Altuve is like negative point three WAR or something like that. Well, yeah, we don't we don't <laughs> the, uh, the the those Astros. They're in that same category of uh, L.A. at this point, the lowercase Dodgers. But hey, we're talking about trades here, so let's get back on topic here. Grisham Davies for Urias and Lauer, right? So from a productivity standpoint this year, right, we all know where Urias has been, and it's been not on a big league ball club. We all know where Lauer has been. He has three starts, or excuse me, three appearances, two starts, and he's now gone. He's gone, right? So for the sake of what we just brought in for from sending out Urias and Lauer to pull in Grisham, who's been one of the best defensive center fielders in the league, and Davies, who has been a solid, I would say, what, two-starter, three-starter for us? I mean, what are our thoughts Easily. on that, right? I mean, how big of a W was that Grisham-Davies trade? I think with, um, with Grisham, we've had the book on him for a while. Um, it wasn't the first time we tried to tried to scoop him up from the from the Brewers. I remember a previous trade deadline or uh, previous attempts we had tried to go out and get him, but we just couldn't offer enough of an enticing package. And so finally we uh, we were able to get the deal done. And it was strange because it was right on the heels of, of that Brewers playoff loss mm-hmm. where the ball went right between his legs and everybody's going, Top Oh, scene. that Grisham kid, you know, he's you know He's garbage, whatever. And then people just kind of wrote him off, kind of, you know, chilled under the radar. And now he starts coming up, and he's raking, and he's making, like, world-beating defensive plays. Absolutely. And people are starting to go, oh, okay. Right. And, I mean, he's, again, an absolute stud. Um, You know, from a a defensive standpoint. Um, But also, you know... His power is kind of surprising, if you ask me. Um, he can drive the ball to both sides of the field. And, yeah, he's had some games where, you know, not necessarily showed up. But for the most part, he is very consistent from an offensive standpoint. Yeah, and he's got that no-nonsense swing. It's It doesn't look the prettiest, but it gets the ball it just drives the ball and it's just it's one of those things where you can look at it and you think the mechanics are solid on it it just doesn't look it's not like Manny Machado's swing where it's like nice and smooth through the zone and nice little fall through it kind of looks like a you know an awkward golf swing in a way but it works yeah he can hack yo Ro what are we thinking you've been a little quiet over there sir what are we thinking yeah I'm not sure if you guys can hear me or not oh, we so. can hear you we got you <laughs> I was trying to see if I could find like my uh, the proper headphone setup over here. <laughs> no, you're good. We got you. So what? Hey, I, uh, hey, uh, if you've been I'll watching be honest, enough I... baseball there in Florida, what are we? What are our thoughts on uh, Grisham there? I, I'm gonna pull a Kevin Ace here. So I, you know, it was late last night. I, <laughs> I didn't. I haven't been able to talk to people about it yet. <laughs> no, I think uh, a lot of what you guys are saying is all uh, way over my head. So I mean, I think they look good in the Padres uniforms, and uh, it's nice to see us winning. I miss Jankowski, but... You always say that. <laughs> you always 
Jankowski. And I was trying to I was trying to make this uh, Jankowski fam uh, correlation <laughs> and uh, nope, nope. That's that's about two years released. We're gonna yeah. have a future spot on all of our podcasts that says like Rose Jankowski Corner, and he'll like right. just update us like you know with, with tweets sad, from Travis sad updates. Sad <laughs> updates. In other Without news, Travis Jankowski <laughs> ate Chipotle today and has a really bruised bottom because of because <laughs> toughest of scenes. All right, well, hey, we've t- got two at least more trades that we got to talk about here before we're moving on. And right. honestly, I think for the sake of, uh, you know, importance and, and games won uh, up until this date, again, it's August 14th, pods are 11 and 10, right? After tonight's loss versus the Diamondbacks, uh, yeah. the Pomerantz signing, right? Because Kirby Yates, I, I mean, who? Kirby Yates who? Where has he been this year? Thank, go- thank God for Pomerantz. He's got, what, four saves already? And Kirby Yates has been non-existent. <clears throat> so for the sake of that, for what Pomerantz has been able to offer for us, kudos to you, Preller, once again. I think this reminds us that pitching is fickle and relief pitching is even more fickle. And I, you know, I know it's easy to get attached to closers and to relief pitchers. We obviously have an absolute stud who's kind of laid um you know has has really set the precedent for Padres fans and who you know has has really been the example you know Mr. Trevor Hoffman and Mm. just an absolute stud of a reliever and so I think we have an inclination as Yankees fans do with Mariano um and other teams as well but we have an inclination to you know, really embrace relief pitchers and closers, especially. Well, especially a closer. Well, they've been running articles on on Fox Sports, just you know, hyping up Kirby Yates, right, as our closer this year. Well, he's been anything but that. It's hilarious. Same thing with Brad Hand. It's hilarious. Same thing with Brad Hand. Oh yep. man, I remember that. That gosh, unreal, right? You know, the Brad Hand days and you're you're absolutely correct right you know we we put uh, we try to pedestal any type of superstar here in the san diego realm because they're far and few between right so we pedestal anybody that can can get us any type of attention right whether it's an all we finessed the brad hand thing though i mean to hype hype that guy up so much and then uh offload him and make a little bit of money out of it. Like, I did not get the Brad Hand thing at all. And then we, we traded him away or sold him away. I can't remember. You know, I'm bad with oh, all yeah. this type no, of stuff. Oh, yeah. hey, that was Preller's The important right details there. of trades. Exactly. Uh, Preller, Preller just working more magic right there. He, he basically exactly. turned a middle-class reliever into a mediocre closer and sent him he, into the he, moon. He turned, he turned Brad Hand, who was a waiver claim, into a decent catcher. Francisco Mejia. I mean, that's I say, pretty yeah. damn good. That's pretty, pretty damn good. A decent catcher. You're going to get chewed up for that. Yeah, Anyways, oof, yeah our starting catcher. catcher. Yeah, I would say minus, minus <laughs> catcher rather than decent catcher. Let's not even get into a uh, catching conversation here because Lord knows hey. Hedges and Mejia have been awful this year. Hey, I'm being nice. Absolutely I'm being nice awful. Tonight. 
Um, and I think we've got, what, one more trade at least we planned on talking about tonight um, is Jerks and Profar. And I think that, I think yes. across Padres Twitter, I think across just the generic Padres fandom, there's been a little bit of, I would say, inconsistent opinions about Jerks and Profar. Yes, he's an impact player. He can play every day. He's solid. But on the same time, dude strikes out a lot, makes consistent errors, base running blunders, and or fielding blunders. I mean, what are our thoughts on Profar? I'm not impressed at all at this point in time. I mean, what we gave up for Profar, it's kind of like, yeah, we gave up a, you know, a Honda Civic from 1982 that wasn't running well from an for another Honda Civic from mm. 1982. That's not really Austin well. Allen. All right, all right. Yeah, and 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 you know the one uh, downside with that trade being the fact that Austin Allen still had time to prove himself and whatnot. But he's also you know he was he was one catcher in a crowded field of um, you know and again this was before the season and before we're starting to realize a. Hedges really isn't going to get better. And B, Mejia is probably not going to blossom into what we thought he was going to be. But he was in a, um, he was in a group of, of catchers that was considered to be very talented uh, for the position group, especially coming up to the farm system. Mind you, we do have Luis Camposano coming up. Mm. Luis Camposano has probably one of the hottest bats uh, expected. Um from our farm system right now so it it was one of those things where i was like yeah great it's an okay trade but it it's really it's really a net wash in my opinion yeah you know i i yeah i I agree on the net wash um and and i think again you know we all know preller right he gets set in his ways and and profar has been a preller guy for a very nostalgic very long time right um so yeah um hey again for the sake of the conversation right you know uh, again the low seahost boys we just wanted to uh for the most part talk about what those off-season trades have now kind of trickled into uh you know the season and, and what those have kind of either come to fruition and or not um but in terms of this season let's talk about it ro who's your impact player you're one impact player this year. It could be anybody on a roster, whether it's Tatis, Machado. Who's been the guy for you? Oh, man, this is tough. Um, because while it's tough, it's also very easy. I think there's there's two people who have been obviously very, very important. And that's Eric Hosmer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, he's... <laughs> He's been important when he's by not being there. Um, No, I mean, I think obviously Tatis, I mean, just the the tear he's been on. um, It's one of those that's like the most absolute scary thing of watching like a young player is he was good last year. Then he got hurt and we were kind of left with this question mark. And then this year, it's just like, you know, there was a what was it? Five games there that he just hit a home run lead off home run. Shout out to Geekster calling the first one, I think. <laughs> I mean, so, when's the last time a Padres player has been 
like a front and center ESPN profiled like center of attention national right. media and now superstar. my my all of my Dodgers friends are going to be mad at me and and they continually uh, I actually got a, a text from a friend yesterday that said um, can you believe that the Padres are playing paying this guy three hundred million dollars. Uh, to watch Mookie Betts jog past him at third base <laughs> for the next 10 years. And even though, uh, you know, there's this great debate about was Machado worth the money, it's obvious when this guy can just play any position on the field. And you go into this uh, this new... Um, shift re- mechanism, shift, right? Yeah. Whatever it is. And he can just lob over into you know lower right field look at hayden either he's like holding his head because i'm retarded or he's holding his head because he has something to say bro you're so right dude and and honestly and i'm gonna kind of branch off of your impact player remark here right you know machado in the shift from a defensive standpoint playing in that shallow right he has always snagging a multitude of plays out there like, it's not just yes. been, like, one or two plays here and there. Machado is consistently getting a ball fielded to him in that shift, that 2-1-2 two, two, two defense, whatever Mod and Dud. Shout out to Tingley. That is, right? Um, so, you know, Ro, I agree with you on the Machado stance, right? I think he's an impact player. I think, yes, we can all say Tatis is going to be an impact player. I just want to see him healthy. Um but from an impact player standpoint, man, Cronenworth has just been impressive. I, I'm just still so impressed with Cronenworth. Um, defensively, right? Being able to fill a spot where we need it in the lineup. When Hosmer goes down sick, you put him at first base, right? When Hosmer's back, you slide him into second base. And again, from an offensive standpoint, he's just been solid. So I'm going to go with Cronenworth, right? He's been solid. That was the other one I was going to say. Uh, so, I so like that one. That's kind of my impact player there outside of our superstars. Hato, what are your uh, what are your thoughts on the uh, impact player there? Hmm. I mean, you already took Cronenworth, so I need to come up with somebody a little more. We had to leave you um, for the last on this one. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. I just get the, the scraps. <laughs> I will have to say Will Myers. Wow. Ooh, love that. Yes. He's been and so good this year. That's um that's a lot coming from me because I've had a lot of instances in the past where I'm going, I don't see how this guy fits on this roster. Um I don't know what's going on with him as a player. Somebody needs to, you know, just grab a hold of him, shake him, and go, "Come on, you're a lot better than this." Right? We figured. We figured it out now. It was Andy Green. But I think he's. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Andy Green. Uh, yeah. So actually, no. I'm going to revise that. Impact player Jace Tingler. Mm. Jace Tingler has been go. an absolute lightning rod for this. The for tenth this man. And, yeah. <laughs> and I think I think people are really underestimating the fact that he just brings this this uh, this quiet strength to the club. It's so strange. Like, you know, he he's not necessarily um, like everybody lauded Andy Green because he uh, you know knew a lot about the game, had a lot of you know tactical or at least was touted for his tact his tactics and stuff. Tinkler just has like this calmness and you know, 
and this just this disposition that's just ideal for the players, and, it, and the players love him. You know, they just yeah. he's he's that kind of figure in the clubhouse where like he's not just going to sit in his office like Andy Green did. So that's that's what I'm gonna do. I'm 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 pulling back Will Myers. Will Myers is playing great, but I think the impact player is Jace Tingler. Who's who's your least impactful player? Austin Hedges. Let's trade Hedges <laughs> for a bucket of balls, please. Yeah, I mean we can throw the least impactful player conversation just to the catching role. Period. Yeah. Period. I mean Mejia has not done much for us, right? You, you know, you bring in a switch hitter, right? You, you know, you, you bring over Mejia, and you expect at least any type of power. Hasn't been able to hit for power. Uh, you expect any type of on-base percentage. Has not been able to get on base. Hedges I, Hedges can't hit a fucking broadside of a barn. Excuse my language there. But, <sighs> I, I mean, Hedges can't. I mean, he's guessing. Hedges has always guessed at the plate, and he still continues to catch. So yeah, least impact player for me. That's a great question there, bro. The catching position as a whole. I see that. So uh, were we going to talk about this? Because here's my main question on this: is if the the pitchers seem to like hedges, which they do, we know that, right? But the fans like Mejia. What is, you know, I mean, obviously the team isn't going to make decisions based off what the fans think, but like, what's the right decision there? Hayden, you want to take that first? I mean, Hedges is going to turn into what A.J. Ellis was for the Dodgers and later on in his career. So Kershaw loved pitching to A.J. Ellis, but A.J. Ellis was not the everyday catcher. You know who it was? Yaz. Yaz Grandal. And so I think that's really what his role is. I think he has a role to play. I think he he his bat will be less of um, a point of scrutiny if he's catching every fourth day, every fifth day, maybe you know for uh, for one pitcher, perhaps two if it's an expanded rotation. But that's his that's his future. That's what he is. He's a pitching whisperer. You know, so and he's if he very is good at framing. And he's very good. Um, and he's very good at being able to kind of pick up on a pitcher's strengths and weaknesses. But as far as an everyday everyday contributor, that's just not who he is. And I think, yeah. um, and, and th- this is me just trying to kind of you know help him out here. He has a baseball mind. He just, I think, when it comes to offense, like he he has like almost this. MLB the show video game like approach at the plate mm-hmm. that just doesn't help because he's just like okay I'm gonna, I'm just going to just going to engineer my swing around trying to hit a dinger every single time and you mm-hmm. can tell it looks mechanical it looks it looks ugly you know yeah. maybe he'll become like Ellis in his older years and actually you know hit a couple home runs for a couple years and not for a long time somebody please tell me, <laughs> somebody please tell him to button up his shirt <laughs> I mean, please, uh, just somebody button all yeah. those top buttons. So what's what's uh, more important than uh, an everyday catcher or finding a true ace? Ooh, that's actually a really good question. I was actually thinking about this before the the pod. Everyday Chad, catcher or a true ace? Nah, I mean any ball. Someone club. to like really any lead. ball club, you'll take a true ace. 
I'll tell you that right now because anybody can catch a, anybody can catch a baseball. Um, catcher is right. not catcher is not honestly a hard position to fill. Now I'm talking about a catcher. A captain is something different to fill. If you're looking for a captain to run your field, it's a different story, right? You got mm. Yadi Molina, right? Uh, you you got those legitimate catchers, right? It's a catcher or a captain. If we're looking right. for a catcher, well, I'm going to take an ace any day of the week. So mm. that's kind of my logic with that. That's a good I point. agree to that. Um, I, I'm struggling because I'm starting to embrace this philosophy that we have to start outsourcing for more of our pitching needs and start growing and start placing all the emphasis on um, developing position players at the farm level. Not that we're not going to do that at the pitching level, but we've been so pitching heavy and we're just trotting out all these new guys out there thinking that, Oh, you know, our, you know, rotation's going to be five of these studs that Preller has drafted from years X to year Z. And at the end of the day, like, okay, well, Let's take a group of 20, okay? Ten of them don't pan out as a starter or they're, you know, uh, they get injured or they just don't have the stuff to cut the mustard. Okay, the other ten, five of them deal with injuries, okay? And that final five that cut the mustard for the rotation, one of them's maybe a back end. Another one... You know, this is deep. good, but is un- ultimately trade bait. And that leaves you with three guys who, you know, ha- are viable candidates for the rotation, which mm. is good. But, you know, t- so take those guys to be, say, in this current scenario, Gore, Patino, um, and maybe, Patino. Um, maybe Morejon <laughs> or Baez mm. or something like that. Okay. Well, another one of those, Baez and Morejon, have both had injury problems. So basically you're left with Patino and Gore out of that giant crop of pitchers that everybody's just been raving about who are left to actually make a solid contribution on a playoff level starting rotation. Well, and, and we've so, already seen Patino this year. He's young. He's got a lot of work, right? He's he young. Yeah, I think he's still going to be a stud. Absolutely. He's, he's going to be a stud, but... My point is, is like the problem with just stacking pitching. It's like, yeah, I, I, I get it. You know, you can never have enough starting pitching. But at the same time, it's like you're you're spending all this time and energy into getting all these pitching assets in. And I, I just want to make sure we're not neglecting our position players because position players, you know, once you find a good crop of those – that's how the Astros built their World Series team. That's how the Cubs built their World Series team. You, you look at the Cubs, you look at Bryant, you look at Baez, you look at Schwarber, um, you know, Albert Almora. Yeah, and, and then you got the Dodgers the, who have like three good players at every position and still can't win a World every Series. every position. So. And it's all their, their home. But, and, and that's <laughs> the other difference. They have, they have homegrown talent in both pitchers and position players because – 
they have endless amount of resources and yeah <laughs> they're able to dump all this money into player development and into r&d so it's working out that's for a them. different story yeah <laughs> oh it is no and, and you know you bring up a good point there in terms of you know kind of you know projections forward right you know at what point do we i guess stop overemphasizing our farm system right and at what point do we start really buying into what we have up at the big league system um so yeah when we pull the crops per se right you know it's a great great conversation (laughs) there so you know transitioning and and kind of wrapping up our pod here you know we'll, we'll probably close with you know you know what's the padres season like looking looking forward from here right because we are 21 games no yes 21 games into the season mm-hmm. uh we have lost the last four out of six we are 11 and 10 so <laughs> hovering around that 500 range like the padres love to do I, I mean do we have a chance at a if not divisional berth a wild card berth i mean top two teams of the division are making it in do we have a chance for that can we out out yes. the rockies Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Well, what are your thoughts on that? You think we can we can at least take the Rockies there? I think that the Rockies are the pain in everyone's side this year. Um the they Dodgers hate them. They can hit. Right. And there's a lot of like um talk behind how they stopped, you know, at the same time that the stat world stopped. Uh, thinking about it as a a home field advantage and an away game disadvantage about their hitting and how they're approaching the plate and all this. And I think that they've really taken that science to heart. And now you're seeing, you know, they come to Petco, uh, San Francisco, L.A., and they're not losing that 20 or 30 feet and they're not losing that power. They're not losing this. But – it's, it's not even so much that they're not losing it. It's that they're expecting um, the drop in production when they go to these other places. And then they still – they because they're expecting it, then they still produce. And that's a scary thing for the Rockies, right? Um, I hey, think they the, can swing it. Well, in the scary part, honestly, sorry to cut you off the road, but the fact good. that Bud Black early in the season said – that they weren't hitting as good as they could be hitting. Right. And they were still at the top of the division. Right. That's right. scary. Right. I, 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 Hey, as us, as Padres fans, we know exactly what Bud Black has put in front of us and what Bud Black has to offer. I trusted Bud Black. I think we all trusted Bud Black. If Bud Black is telling me that the Rockies have still not reached their precipice of an offensive standpoint, it's a little scary. It's a little scary. So hey, I'll take a five hundred season. I mean, let's be real. But here. but Black isn't isn't uh, you know horrible, but uh, you know he's certainly not like the greatest manager of all time. So uh, I'll take Bud Black over rookie, but that's just my opinion. No, yeah, yeah, no. I mean, Bud Black's, uh, albeit probably great. You could probably uh, uh, you know put that on him, but like you know probably not uh, the best. The point is. The point is, it one thing is certainly clear. The Giants and the D-backs 
are not in the race this year. And it's between no. us, the Dodgers, and the Rockies. I still think you get the Dodgers top crop, mm-hmm. sadly. And then I think it's really between – I don't think it's between us and the Rockies head-to-head. It's about who has just a better performance against yep. all the teams and the run di- you know, run differential. Matters. Yeah. Every and game matters in 2020. I think yep. we I think we pull it out, but I'm endlessly optimistic. So I like I think it. We get in. I think we get in on a wild card, and then we'll crash out after a couple games. <laughs> hey, if the Padres make the playoff, I will literally scream and probably have a heart attack. But that's another conversation. <laughs> well, hey, you know, for the sake of where the low sea house have been, again, a little bit dormant. We'll probably cut off this podcast a little bit early here. So if you've made it this far in the podcast first and foremost yeah. thank you yeah yeah because you were able to tune back into the low sea house listen to the boys right hayden robert chad just simply talk baseball Woo. so if you've made it again this far thank you uh you can find us on twitter at low sea host pod club podcast excuse me Sheesh. <laughs> uh at chad etch at roro Robert Edwards at H V Z S D. I think that's H V Z and S D. Yeah. Love it. Well, thanks for tuning in, Los Hijos. Bye.